This episode of Podcast Movement Sessions is sponsored by Anticipation. The anticipation you will feel when I tell you that we are announcing some super cool speakers for Podcast Movement a little later in the episode. Stay tuned. What's a podcast again? Mm, talk? Talk. Who am I talking to? Your friends? Is this thing on? Podcast movie <laughs> That was a dark, dark moment in my entrepreneurial journey. I, I was on the brink of quitting. I got my tickets for Podcast Movement 2015 while I was still at Podcast Movement 2014. One reason may have been to get it out of the way before my wife could tell me no, but the main reason was they announced that Pat Flynn was going to be at Podcast Movement 2015. Pat was already my friend. He had accompanied me on many runs that turned into walks and many extended yard mowing sessions. Pat's smart passive income and later Ask Pat podcasts were some of the very first podcasts I listened to religiously. And me, like many others, are now in podcasting very much due to Pat's influence. Pat Flynn isn't looked up to by so many podcasters and entrepreneurs because of his content alone. I would argue that it's the man himself. He cares about people, and that shows in the way that he treats everybody. Pat has walked a path full of ups and downs, and through all of it, he remains transparent and relatable. In his 2015 talk at Podcast Movement, he gave us a deep look inside an experience common to anyone who goes outside their comfort zone. Two things you should know for this next bit to make sense is, first of all, Pat won Best Business Podcast at the Podcast Awards the night before. And secondly, Darren Bentley of Big Wig Nation. He's a podcaster, great guy, and he's very, very tall. You've already seen a little bit of me. You know, I, I like to beatbox and I incorporate that into my episodes and stuff. You can see that, you know, I'm pretty short. That's why I wear these vests, because they make me look taller. Although I do want to dispute that fact because I came back to the hotel room last night after the awards, and again, 
humbled and honored and just so blessed for that podcast award last night. Thank you. But I got back to the hotel room, and then I saw this picture on Facebook from Darren. Is, is Darren in the house? Where's Darren at? Back there. And, you know, he, he says, bumped into this guy. And that's cool. I really, I remember taking this picture yesterday. But then I started reading some of the comments. So here's one from Faye that says, oh, boy, hope you didn't hurt him being so teeny-weeny compared to you. And I am wearing a vest in this, by the way. Uh, and then Dwayne said, put him in your pocket and bring him home now. And then he said, looks more like a father-son picture. Now enjoy your first day of kindergarten, Pat. Remember, Daddy will pick you up. And then Brian followed up with Pocket Caster. And then Sharon said, yes, probably literally didn't see him. I'm right there. And then Dwayne said, the Pocket Pack, keep him in your pocket. And when you need business advice, he is right there. I can hear the infomercial now. It's okay, Darren. You're all good. Because you came back and said, Pat, I didn't say it. It's not me. So it's not you. It's your friends. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. You know, I, I love to poke fun at myself all the time. You know, I always do that on my show. I feel like it's a great way to be honest and transparent and vulnerable. It's kind of how I dealt with getting picked on when I was little. Why did I get picked on? Well, because I was short. Humor and kind of making fun of himself is something that seems to come really naturally to Pat if you listen to his podcast and obviously at his talk. So I wanted to understand better if that's something that really did come out of his childhood or if that's something that he's developed as an adult and as a speaker. You know, instead of people making fun of me, I would make fun of myself first before they could and everything was good after that. But I think as I grew older and now that I'm doing public speaking and stuff, I've realized that, you know, poking fun of yourself is a very good thing to do because it, uh, it almost puts you yourself, even though you're on a stage, even though you're at the spotlights on you, even though you might be literally higher than everybody else at that event in terms of you're on a platform, when you do that, it brings you back down to the audience's level. And that's where I want to be at least. I want to speak to people like they are my friends, like we are colleagues and we've known each other for a long time. It, it brings me back to 2008 or 2000, 2009, sorry. Um, Excuse me, hold on. It's really hot in Texas. Um, Pat, what are you doing? You're the keynote speaker and you are dropping the ball. Um, excuse me, can you not interrupt my presentation, please. Oh, excuse me, can you not interrupt my presentation? But golly, Pat, did you put that music bit in there to hide how terrible your presentation was going to be? Jeez, what? Can, can, can the mic guys in the back cut off that mic, please? You can't get rid of me, Pat. I've hacked into your presentation, and it's just you and me. And honestly, I'll keep going because somebody has got to fill that dead air you wafted into the building. Oh my God! Uh, can you just listen to me, please? You were. This is 
ridiculous. I would rather listen to a five-year-old episode of one of the bottom 100 podcasts on iTunes recorded in an echo chamber on a plastic desktop microphone on a Gateway 486DX2 computer using a voice recorder in Windows 3.1 at half speed, backwards, on my iPhone 3 with earbuds that don't even fit. Then listen to any more of your BS uh, I don't know where you are, but you know, if you were a real man, you would come up here to the stage right now and face me. Or maybe you're in the back of the room, I can't see you, but can you raise your hand, please? Whoever's saying that? Hand is raised, Pat. Really? Where, where are you? Here, let me help you out. Hello, McFlynn! Anybody home? Seriously, what's going on here? I'm in your head, Pat. Uh, yeah, so stop interrupting me so I can get back to the presentation, please. No, Pat. I mean, I'm in your head. I'm the voice in your head. Wait, and you have a British accent? (laughs) Well, for now, but perhaps you'd prefer one man. One stage, Pat Flynn, in the critically acclaimed number one disaster movie of the year, your keynote presentation. Ha ha, very funny. No, let's not do the movie guy voice, please. You are literally screwing this entire thing up. No, no, wait. Was that Chris Ducker? Oh, Pat Flynn. Oh, boy, Pat Flynn. Look at you. Stretch your way up to the stage. Sit down, little girly man. Your presentation's going to blow. Can you, can you please just let me finish my keynote? <laughs> keynote? More like key nope. <laughs> oh, dear me. All right, fine. I'll let you start again. No interruptions. No interruptions? No interruptions, I promise. Thank you. Sorry. Gets in the way sometimes. Don't screw up. (laughs) So as I was saying... You got this, Pat. No pressure. I thought you said you weren't going to interrupt me. I thought you said you practiced. I'm in your head, Pat. No pressure. You got this, Pat. You are literally screwing this entire thing. Pat, I'm still here, Pat. I will always be here. And scene. (laughs) The hater in my head often tells me to not do certain things or that, you know, certain things might be scary or uh, I might fail at something. But all the great stuff happens on the other end of that. You know, every time I think about something important that has happened in my life, it's always been sort of proceeded right when something was just crushing me inside of my head or my gut. You know, it was like always the scariest moments that have led to the greatest uh, ups in my, in my life, I feel, from getting laid off to then building my own business 
to when I proposed to my wife and how scared I was about that. And not, not because I didn't want to marry her. I was just definitely afraid of her, like what the reaction would be. And, you know, like, even though we were together for a long time, even though I knew she loved me, there is always in our heads that like, what if she says no, how crushed would I be? And that's just as a representative of just every other thing we do in life that is scary. And, and so, you know, it always seems to come at us when we are about to do something amazing or when we're trying to make change or when we're just stepping out of our comfort zone, that resistance always comes. And that hater in my head is very loud. But I also see it as a, a calling now as uh, Stephen Pressfield, who said that it's actually a sign that whatever it is that you're looking to do that is calling this hate in yourself is actually something you should continue to move forward with because it's like a defense mechanism. I'm like, don't do that. The fire's hot. But when we do these other things, I could literally change our life that security mechanism pops in and a lot of times it's more powerful than when we see and look at the pros that can come as a result of stepping through that fear and and conquering whatever it is that we're trying to conquer all right we have really big news for podcast movement 2016 but i want to warn you I'm going to be in a total nerd mode for these speakers, so if you can't handle a middle-aged man acting like a teenage fanboy, then switch over to easy listening on the radio for like 60 seconds. Okay, you still here? All right, the first speaker is Glenn Washington, the great storyteller from WNYC Snap Judgment. Also, Aaron Mankey of Lore will be there, and if you haven't listened to Lore, you should. Just don't listen to it while you're alone at night in a cemetery. Actually, scratch that. Go ahead and try that and let me know how it goes. Also, best-selling author and podcaster Dan Miller of 48 Days to the Work You Love will be there. And finally, Alex Bloomberg of Gimlet Media, host and producer of the blockbuster startup podcast, will be there, which is awesome. Now, just to be especially nerdy, go on Twitter, look up Alex at ABEXLumberg. So it's at ABEXLumberg and let him know that you are glad he will be at Podcast Movement. Once that's done, get your tickets. What are you waiting for? Go to podcastmovement.com. Get them now. The price is only going to go up. Trust me. Okay, go ahead and do that. Do it right now. Just hit pause. Go ahead and do it. We'll, we'll wait. We'll be here just waiting for you to do that. One more quick thing. Pat Flynn will actually also be speaking at Podcast Movement 2016. And coincidentally, we didn't set it up this way, but it just worked out perfectly. His new book, Will It Fly, is launching today, which is February 1st, 2015, the day this comes out. So go take a look at his book. It's on Amazon. You can find it at willitflybook.com. The book essentially looks at how you can test an idea before you spend a lot of time and money on it. It's a really great read, and everything from Pat is well-produced, obviously. So go have a look at that. It's willitflybook.com. So I want to share something with you that is quite embarrassing when a moment in my life when that voice got in the way from me doing something I really wanted to do. Back in 2008, I made the decision to start a podcast. And I was so excited because a podcast had changed my life at that point, and I wanted to change other people's lives through my voice and the podcasting platform and medium. So I had a blog at that time, and like all podcasters do when we get the idea to start a podcast, I bought all this equipment... And then I tested it out. And then I played an audio file. The very first audio file I've ever published online was published on my blog in 2008. Here it is. Hey, 
Hey everybody, this is Pat from the Smart Passive Income blog. Uh, thanks for taking the time to listen to this. I think that's so awesome that uh, you know you guys are helping me out figure out all this new podcasting stuff. I'm actually uh, just bought a whole bunch of podcasting equipment for myself because um, I mean I listen to a lot of podcasts, so I figured, hey, why not do one? So I mean, really, I, I really don't know what I'm going to talk about yet. So I just wanted to get familiar with all the equipment that I have right now and uh, what it's like to post something online and hear what people think about it. So, I mean, you tell me, should I give up on podcasting now because my voice sucks so bad or, you know, should I talk a little deeper or I don't I really have no idea. So again, just thank you so much for taking the time to listen to me. Keep coming back to the website. I got tons of information coming up in the near future and uh, let's make 2009 a great year for all of us. Let's make it, let's make it the most profitable year we've ever had. Um, and, you know, I'll try my best to help you get there. So, again, good luck with everything. Happy holidays. And this is Pat Flynn from the Smart Passive Income blog signing off. Peace. Now, let's kind of, that's disgusting. I mean, that's embarrassing for a number of reasons. One, I don't know what the deal was with the music selection there. It's not me at all. I mean, you could hear it in my voice, just the lack of confidence, right? And I think a lot of us could relate to that. But I just didn't believe in what I was doing. But I, I was trying it out. But number three, the, and the worst part of it all, is, you know, this was published in late 2008 on my blog. My very first episode came out July 2010. <laughs> A year and a half later. So you talked about your first audio blog, and you played that for us, which was oh, yeah. really, really <laughs> cool. Um, so makes me cringe. Can you, the thing that irritates me about it is I don't think it was actually that bad. Like at least the audio quality wasn't terrible. I mean, I guess you spent a bunch of money on equipment. So well, I did. That. Yeah. That's um, and yeah. so it's at least, at least like, dang it. Like it, you still sounded better than me and my first stuff. So that kind of ticks me off. But anyway, what emotions did you experience? Cause there was this period in between you creating that audio blog and then you actually putting up the podcast. And I'm interested to know like what held you back? Yeah. A period of about a year and a half. And like I said on stage, it took me a year and a half to just get over myself because I was so worried about what people thought about my voice and my content. And, you know, it was such a different way of providing content that I was so used to because I, I, I was originally a blogger and I still consider myself a blogger. But text is easy. You can write and delete and do all the stuff to it before you hit publish. And yes, you can edit with your voice, but your voice is your voice. And it's like, that is what you get. And I was so afraid of what people were going to say. And the funny thing is nobody said anything bad about my voice ever. The only person that has ever thought anything bad of my voice was myself. And so it took me a year and a half to just get over that. And there were also some feelings of, well, this is just, this is a little too hard for me technically. You know, I thought it was a, a thing where you just record a file and upload it directly to iTunes and that was it. But obviously there's feeds involved and, and that sort of thing, which I it was just like, I'm too busy to understand this right now. And that's why I kick myself all the time. Because if I had started in 2010, I'd be that much more ahead. I'd have that much bigger of an audience because it really has changed everything in my business in terms of not only my reach, but how much I've been able to connect with my audience. People come up to me and they feel, they, they tell me they feel like they know me and I've never met them before. I don't know them by name. I actually was at Disneyland couple days ago for my birthday actually but you know i took the kids so i have an excuse uh even though it was kind of for me because they have this 
really cool Star Wars exhibit. Anyway, we were actually in California Adventureland, which is the one that uh, is across on the other side of the park. And there's a show, it was Aladdin, and it was a live show theater. And the guy who sat next to me looked at me, he heard me speaking, and he said, I know that voice. Are, are you Pat Flynn? And my family was there too. And I was like, yeah. He's like, oh my gosh, I listen to your show all the time. I feel like we're friends already, but I know you don't know who I am. And then he introduced himself. Uh, his name was Alex. And then I introduced him to my wife and stuff. But anyway, it was just that that's starting to happen more and more now. And every time I meet somebody in, in at conferences or in public like that, it's always with a huge smile on their face. And they always end up saying the same thing. Like, I feel like I know you. And that just speaks so highly of the medium of podcasts and what it can do to create that real connection. And so, you know, I kick myself because I... I sacrificed a year and a half of not allowing myself to create a real connection with people because I just thought people were going to say stuff about my voice. Like, how stupid is that? I I still don't like the sound of my voice. And people will come up to me now and say, oh, your voice is so good, though. Mine is mine is so bad. It's like, whatever. You know, everybody's voice is what it is. And what did I tell you when we started recording? Do you remember? <laughs> or when, you, when uh, we got on the call, I said, you sound awesome. I didn't want and to it, do I, that. Uh, well, you do sound awesome. Uh, I won't say what you said after that, though. Okay. <laughs> we'll let everybody just imagine what you said. Uh, but no, it was something just, really it just, humble. Yeah. Yes, totally. And and it just shows you that what you think of your voice doesn't matter. It's what other people think because that's what people hear. And yeah, it's so funny. And when when I hear that too, because I remember what I felt like. No, really though, it took me a year and a half to get over myself and stop listening to those excuses. Oh, Pat, nobody's gonna love it. You know, why don't you just go back to doing something you're good at, like blogging? Your voice is terrible. Nobody's gonna enjoy your content. What are you even gonna talk about? How are you gonna keep it up? Sounds like a personal problem, but. <laughs> but you know, those things got in the way. And then I discovered this book by Stephen Pressfield. How many of you have read this book called The War of Art? Thank you. Required reading for all creative types. Yes, that does include us podcasters, right? And so Stephen Pressfield talks about you know, how we live in our comfort zone, right? And this, this is where we love to be. This is the things we normally do. But all the magic, all the innovation, the stuff I'm trying to get you to do happens way over here, outside of our comfort zone, right? But then comes that little voice, and he kind of gives it a, ni a nice term called the resistance. So this resistance comes and blocks us from reaching that magic and brings us back to where we were. And I love how he describes it in this book. I highly recommend you read this book if you haven't already. This resistance, this voice, is, it lives in everybody. And it's just a matter of how well can we manage this voice and put it aside and not listen to it, because that's not us. And I almost feel like it's a test, you know, to see if you really want whatever it is you're trying for. But there is good news here. There, there is actually very good news. Fear is good. Fear is good because, like self-doubt, fear is an indicator Fear tells us what we have to do. The more scared we are of a work or calling, the more we know that we actually have to do that. I mean, think of the most amazing things that have happened in your life up to this point. Maybe a graduation or you know, a job that you have that you were really fighting for, getting married or, 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 or having a child. Oh my gosh, starting a business, starting a podcast. All the most amazing things that have happened have always been preceded by that fear. So if we look at that fear and instead say, you know what, that's a sign. Because on the other side of that fear is something amazing. So I encourage you, as you move forward, 
to consider fear an indicator that that's actually what you should be doing. And that's what I do now. That's why I speak on stage. I was deathly afraid of speaking on stage back in 2011 until Philip Taylor invited me to FinCon. Then the closing keynote dropped out and he put me in the, in the end for my very first presentation. And I was scared, literally almost throwing up. But you know what? I knew based on my past with podcasting, videos, and all those other things that this is something I had to do. And it meant that I cared about it. So I did it. And it wasn't perfect but I got through it. So I encourage you to see if you can answer this question, not just now, but into the future, and you can pass this question along to other people as well. What's on the other end of your fear? What is that fear actually telling you what you should do? There's a quote I live by that I want to share with you that really pushes me forward in the, in, in the face of fear, and that is, I would rather live a life full of oh wells than a life full of what-ifs. Those what-ifs will haunt you. <laughs> but if you didn't know well, well, at least you gave it a shot. And now you know. What are some things that you've had to let go of in order to succeed? Well, first and foremost, I had to let go of, you know, the fact that I was conditioned to feel that a nine to five job was was how it was supposed to be. You know, I had gone through the early part of my life doing everything I was supposed to do, uh, getting recognized for doing that. And then even though I had done everything the way I was supposed to in terms of grades and getting the dream job and climbing the corporate ladder, I still got let go and got laid off, which which was terrible. So in order for me to become an entrepreneur, I had to let go of the fact that maybe all of what I was trying to do wasn't the right path. And that was hard for me to do because, especially because, you know, my parents helped pay for college and I felt like I was kind of not doing what they expected of me. Um, I, I had to let go of, of my fears moving forward in terms of working on my own. There was a lot of fears that came in during those first uh, several months of entrepreneurship when I didn't know what I was doing. And there were so many times when I was just like, what am I doing here? Why am I even doing this? Because I don't even know what I'm doing. I also had to let go of the fear of failure because failure is a part of the process. I, you know, I've been failing hard since the beginning, but through that failure, it's always a success on the other side because those failures are just indicators for you during that journey to success of what not to do. And so every time I get told what not to do, I'm learning more and more and more to help me get to where I need to go. And so that was a big thing I had to let go of. I mean, that, that was probably the biggest because I was raised in a family where, you know, I'd come home with a 98% on my tests and I was asked what happened to the other 2%. And so as an entrepreneur, of course, you have to fail all the time. And so I had to get over that rather quickly. And then I also had to get over just trying to do everything myself. <laughs> there was one moment where I tried to move a graphic or an image from the right side of my page to the left side of my page uh, on my website. And it took me, that was the eight hours of trying to figure that out and learning on YouTube how to become a CSS expert. And I did it, but it was after eight hours. And then things weren't working on other pages. And I, I, I actually ended up asking a friend of my wife's to just look at it for me because he did coding and stuff. And he fixed everything up and made things work in five minutes. And then he ended up coming back to me and he was like, who, who did you hire to put this site together? Because it's, it's really, really bad. And I was like, uh, I actually put it together, but okay. Uh, so that taught me really quickly that there's a lot of other people out there who do a lot of things that I 
could do or could learn how to do, but they do them much better, much faster, and much quicker so that I can then do the things that I need to do uh, in my business. Don't worry about the failure. A lot of you know my favorite movie is Back to the Future. I'm sorry, I, I couldn't bring a DeLorean with us today like I did in Vegas, but um, this is one of my favorite scenes. This is scene 12, I know that. <laughs> From Back to the Future, it's called and titled The Matchmaker. And this is when young Marty McFly is trying to hook up his dad with his mom again because things went haywire when he went back at the time. Well, he sees his dad in the cafeteria writing and he's never seen his dad do anything creative before back in, in, in real time. So he goes up to his dad and he goes, what, what are you writing? And then George goes, stories, science fiction stories about creatures coming to Earth from other planets. And then Marty goes, get out of town. I didn't know you did anything creative. Let me read some. And George goes, no, 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 no. I don't let anybody read my stories. Well, why not? Well, because I'm, I'm, I'm afraid of what they're going to say. What if they don't like it? I don't think I could handle that kind of failure and rejection. And of course, the movie progresses and things happen, and at the end, he actually has a book because of all the changes that he's made. He's become more confident in the new 1985. Well, there's a lot of good examples we could take from this, uh, this whole idea of rejection and failure. I feel like it's a necessary process. As a podcaster, as an entrepreneur, as a business owner, whatever, if you're trying to deliver a message, failure is required. And it's weird because we are conditioned to think that failure is bad. F. Oh, man, I failed. No, you just didn't get it yet. Pat is clearly a fan, I guess we'll say. Fan might be a little bit of a weak word, but he's a fan of Back to the Future. And I wanted to see what Dan's take was on the phenomenal trilogy that is Back to the Future. Back to the Future and Star Wars both, and I could lose some cool points with this, but they're just not really my thing. You know, a, lot, a big deal was made out of Back to the Future, and Back to the Future Day happened recently just not my thing. My biggest relationship to Back to the Future is that Pat constantly talks about how he had a DeLorean at his New Media Expo keynote presentation. Knowing Pat, he meant no ill will towards this, but he said multiple times that he was not going to have a DeLorean at Podcast Movement, which I knew wasn't going to happen because I would have had to help coordinate that. But every time he brought up the DeLorean at New Media Expo, but not Podcast Movement, Jared started making fun of me for it because he knew there was no harm meant by Pat by it. But to me, it was always, you know, we're trying to continue to progress things. And when Pat kept bringing that up, I just had to keep laughing every time he did that. I mean, couldn't you have at least worked at a flux capacitor or something? I mean, I, you know, I'm a little disappointed, too. You know, yeah, you know what? He uh, but but I think Pat pulled it off and, and his his presentation was. It's a whole lot. It was a whole lot of show to it, which is awesome. We have people that get up there and, and you know, just talk like Aisha, uh, you know, a train of thought uh, type conversation on stage. Pat, he had his timing down. It was pre-rehearsed. So I, I think he held his own without the flux capacitor. If you're willing to share, especially as it relates to business, what was your darkest moment? Ooh, I think my darkest moment was in March or was it May? One of the M months of 09. And it was after my business had been running successfully for almost a year. And I was making good money. The, the income was uh, growing and growing each month. And then I got this letter in the mail, like a physical letter. And it was from the United States Green Building Council. Now, remember, I started in the online world by building a website to help people pass an exam in the architecture industry. And that exam was called the lead exam and it was put on by the United States Green Building Council. So to get this letter, 
you know, I got it and I didn't know what it was about. I thought maybe, maybe it was like a great job. Thank you for helping to promote our exam and teaching and educating people, which, you know, would have made sense because that's what I was doing. I was helping people and in doing so, I was helping them too. But I opened the letter and it was from an attorney that represented them. And it basically told me that I had uh, seven days to shut down my website or else. It was a cease and desist letter. And I freaked out. I almost gave up right then and there. And I, it's like, you know, when, when you're caught doing something you shouldn't be, and you just kind of put your hands up, you know, like when football players do a penalty, they're like, they put their hands up. Like, I, ah, okay. Like you got me. Just so many different emotions were going through my head. I just, the, the biggest one was just, I just didn't feel like I was in the right place. I, I wasn't cut out for business. This was all in over, I was in over my head. I was, I was playing in uncharted territory that I shouldn't be playing in. You know, I was in the, the elephant graveyard in Lion King and I needed my Mufasa to come rescue me because I was just about to be eaten by hyenas. But sorry, I had to put it to Disney reference in there. Just we've been Disneyed out lately uh, in, in, in the family. But anyway, then I got a hold of a lawyer after I calmed down. I was like hyperventilating and, and crying when I got that letter because I was just like, this is you know, I didn't have my architecture job anymore. This was it. I thought I was like, OK, I'm an entrepreneur now. And then I get this to kind of stop me in my tracks. Uh, I got a lawyer to look at it and he said, well, they just, and I didn't even read the whole thing because I just saw like, stop what you're doing now. And I just, I didn't read all the fine print. He read the fine print and it was like, well, you're using a trademark in the domain name. That's what the issue is. So let's change it and everything will be okay. And that's exactly what we did. So that's why in the lead.com changed to greenexamacademy.com in 2009. But that was a dark, dark, moment in my entrepreneurial journey. I, I was on the brink of quitting and just didn't feel like it was for me anymore. Now, when you start a podcast, you yourself will transform. For those of you who have been podcasting for a while or even a short time, you've probably noticed that you know, it's a lot of fun and you get, you get to transform. I know that I've transformed in, in terms of being a better communicator. I feel like I'm more confident as well being behind the microphone. It also transformed me into a speaker. I would have never gotten on stage if it wasn't for the training that podcasting gave me to speak on stage. But in addition to self-transformation, you know, it transforms those around you as well. And it's really interesting because my, my son, you know, he's five years old. He sees me in my office. And one time, you know, it was nap time. So I had an opportunity to record a podcast. So I, I usually do that during nap time. And then all of a sudden I'm recording. I'm doing the Skype interview and the door creaks open. And I see these little fingers pop through the door. I'm like, oh man, he woke up. And he opens the door and he goes, what are you doing, daddy? I'm like, I'm recording a podcast, sit down. Right? A lot of you. <laughs> She's like, right? <laughs> I love that. And so he sits down and he's a crazy kid. He'll usually go all over the place and do this and do that. Like he's insane. But he sat there for 30 minutes and watched me talking to this person and recording on this microphone. And after I was done, I said, I'm sorry, bud. Uh, you woke up early from your nap. I was recording a podcast. And I was like, he was like, oh, well, what's a podcast? And I said, well, I can show you. We can, we can record something. Why don't, why don't I record us? You know, I can ask you questions. And we could record that and play it back later and listen to it. And he, he got so, yes, let's do it. Uh, can, can we videotape it? Can we videotape it? And then I was like, you know what? You know, video podcasts, they don't have enough pull. They don't have enough pull. <laughs> they don't get the SEO like you would on YouTube. So I don't know if video podcasts would be the, wait, you're five years old. Yeah, let's record it. So let me play the recording for you. 
Kelly. What's your last name? Mm, I don't remember. Flint? Yes. Flint. And what do you do all day? Just play. What do you play with? Toys. What kind of toys? What's mm. your favorite toys? What's your favorite toy? My pirate gun. Your pirate gun? Yeah. Why is that your favorite? Because, because I, I just love a, a pirate blasters. Oh, yeah? Mm -hmm. What was Daddy doing just a second ago? Making a podcast. Making a podcast? Do you know what a podcast is? No. You don't? No. What does Daddy it? do to make a podcast? Um, talk. Talk. Who am I talking to? Your friends? Yeah, my friends. Do you know how many friends I have? 64? 64, yes. Wow. Wow, that's a lot of friends. Yeah. How many friends do you have? Um, two. Two? So that's my son. And, and now he has a thousand and two friends, so thank you. <laughs> and it's interesting, because I've seen the transformation in him as a result of me doing a podcast. Maybe you've seen the same thing around the people who are close to you as well. Maybe they're interested, and maybe they've started a podcast too. Or maybe they're like, like yeah, you do your thing. But it's kind of cool. You're, you're, you're not bothering me. But it's cool, because now he loves to record conversations. So once or twice a week, we'll actually sit down with a Zoom H4N and just record a 10-minute conversation. And it's super cool because then I can go back into time and, and hear his progression. Now, beyond the immediate transformation around the people around you, of course, we transform our listeners on the other end of the world as well. And so there's a story I want to tell you about this man named Michael. Actually, his name is pronounced Michał, which is Poland, so uh, M-I-C-H-A-L. And he sent me this really long email, like one of the longest emails I've ever received. And at first I was like, ugh. But then he said, please read this. It's important, I promise. And so I started reading this. And Michal was a family man, just like me. A couple of kids, a wife. He worked really hard. He was also into extreme sports. And one day he was snowboarding and went off a jump and landed kind of funny on his legs. So funny that, not really funny, but he broke and shattered his ankles in both of his legs. And so for a while he was only focused on these. You could see these bolts in his legs. And he just was so depressed at this time because he couldn't, he just couldn't be there for his family. He couldn't go work or do any of this stuff. And then he said, when I was in the hospital and recovering, that's when I had time and I found your podcast, Pat. I was like, oh, that, that's cool. And then he said, I listened to every single one of your episodes and you became my virtual mentor. And so, of course, at this point, I'm, I'm fully devoted to this email. So I'm, I'm continuing to read this. And then he says, you know, I remember listening to one of your episodes where you talked about when you, when you create goals for yourself, you, you go really high, like almost impossibly high. Because if you go way up to the stratosphere, at least if you don't get that, you've gone pretty darn high anyway. And he said at that time, he decided with two broken legs to run a marathon, a full marathon, the Warsaw marathon, which was coming up in like a year and a half or something. So he dedicated himself. And he said that every day he listened to the Smart Passive Income podcast 
on his training, on his rehabilitation, and then on his walks, which eventually became runs. And then I scroll down to the bottom of this, this email, and I see this picture of him crossing the finish line. And it's incredible. Like, look at, look at his feet. There's plates there to make sure that they don't crumble. But then I read the sign, and he translated it for me. And he said, thank you to his wife, their kids, and, and then thank you, Pat Flynn. I didn't know this was happening. Like for a year and a half, this guy was learning from me, and, and I, I had no idea until like I would have had no idea unless he sent this to me. And then the incredible thing is, you know, not only did he listen to my podcast to rehabilitate himself, but obviously he got a lot of content during that time too. And he's created a blog, a financial blog in Poland, which is now one of the top blogs of all niches in Poland as well. And now he's being interviewed on shows. He has the top podcasts in iTunes as well. He also is being featured in newspapers and going into these interviews, and his life has absolutely changed now. And now he's talking about the story, the fact that he tells people that I tell people his story. And as a result of that, other people <laughs> are using his name. It just, it's absolutely mind-blowing. You know, the effect that we have just at our desk on the microphone. You know, remember I was talking about that voice in our head that, that kind of creeps in there and, and, and gives us doubt? Well, there are people on the other end of the world who feel the same way. And maybe they could use your voice instead. So, you know, when it gets really hard for you and, and you're struggling with your podcast and you get to a point where you feel, you know, you're just not in it anymore. Remember, it's not about you. It's about who's on the other end. So don't listen to that voice, but share your voice with others and amazing things around the world can happen. Thank you guys so much. Enjoy the rest of the conference. Big thank you to Pat for being such an inspiration to me and so many others in podcasting in the online world. Pat actually has a new book out. It's called Will It Fly? And it essentially gives you the steps to take to test an idea before you spend a lot of time and money on it. Really a good read for anyone who's looking to make something real in the world. You can find it by going to willitflybook.com. That's willitflybook.com. I also want to thank Dan and Jared, as always, for everything they do for the community and for putting on Podcast Movement, which is coming to Chicago this July with really just some amazing speakers. I mean, Glenn Washington is a fantastic storyteller, someone I'm really looking forward to seeing. And then, of course, Alex Bloomberg, uh, definitely, definitely geeking out over the opportunity to see him in person. And like I said, if you wouldn't mind going to at Abex Lumberg on Twitter and just inviting him to the Podcast Movement family, see if we can make a little, a little noise there. Thank you, as always, for just being here and being part of the community. It's really, really appreciated. And uh, hey, I'll see you next Monday. I was very impressed 
with how coordinated everything was. I was impressed with the the guest speakers and all the workshops and just the the just the branding of it all and the experience. It really was a fantastic experience. And you know, I speak a lot. It was very very well put together. You got you know Jared, Dan, and and the rest of the crew really put on a good show. The MC was fantastic. Everybody's great. And, you know, I think really what makes the conference more than all those things I just mentioned are the people who attend. And, you know, that can make or break a conference, no matter how good or bad all those other things are. And the podcasting community, I think all of us who are podcasters know, is, is really tight-knit. We all share a common bond, and we, we all have great stories to share. And plus, we all talk for a living, right? Or we all talk as a hobby, at least. And so when we go to these events, we talk and we we know how to tell stories. And it just becomes this great, fun environment that people can come to and get to know people at. And, and there was nothing negative, I have to say about it. 